On the holiday of Shavuos, we are we bless each other to receive the Torah with joy and inspiration, and it's a blessing that we only give on that holiday, not be any other holiday. And the question is, why do you give this blessing on this holiday? And it's very relevant to today because today is the twelfth day of Sivan. Whatever joy and inspiration, sincerity that we were missing on the holiday of Shavuos, we're meant to uh, try to tap into today. So why is it we give the bracha for joy and inspiration on Shavuos, not on, not on any other holiday? It would seem that whatever you do, every mitzvah you, you do, you should do a mitzvah with joy and inspiration. You put on the film, it should be with joy and inspiration. You light Shabbos candles, you give tzedakah. Whatever you do, it should be with joy and inspiration. So what's the meaning specifically of the blessing on Shavuos that the Rebbe says, to bl- the blessing the Rebbe would give, and the blessing the Rebbe gives us to see the Torah with joy and inspiration. Why on this holiday? So, if someone would enter a marriage because they feel forced into it, so the marriage is not, not a really a, a valid marriage. If someone becomes an American citizen uh, because they, they, you know, they hate this country, it's not, they're not really able to become a real, real citizen because they don't really want to be there. And in a similar way, if someone is forced into being Jewish, everyone has ups and downs, and everyone has ups and downs in their marriage and ups and downs in, in everything in life. But in order to make that step, to, to, to embrace a new vocation, a new calling, a new destiny, it requires some kind of, kind of inspiration and, and sincerity. And so on Shavuos is when we remarry Hashem for the first time, and therefore, in Shavuos specifically, there's a blessing and there's an emphasis to be there fully, wholeheartedly, with joy and sincerity and inspiration. That's why we read the story on Shavuos of, of Ruth. Ruth famously was, uh, was someone who was not Jewish. She was from Moab. And she was actually told by her mother-in-law, that she should leave the Jewish people, it's, there's no future for her here. And she told her mother-in-law the famous words, your people are my people, your nation is my nation, your God is my God, where you die, so shall I die, death will separate between you and I, and so shall God give and so shall be buried, and death will separate between you and I. That's what Ruth said, and that's what she did, and she became Jewish. Not, not only did she become Jewish, but significantly she became the grandmother of David HaMelech, who was also the great-grandfather of Mashiach Tzakeinu, and the namesake of David Isaver. It's pretty, 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 pretty big stuff. So I want to share with you an incredible story about this. I shared some of the story on Shavuos. I want to share the whole story. It's, it's a story you, won't, you will not forget, and a story that's really something we should pay attention to today on the 12th night of Shavuos, when we're able, 12th night of Sivan, rather, when we're able to really internalize where we were on Shavuos and where we need to be. So the story was shared by a man named Shimon Breitikov. Shimon had written a book on the story of Ruth, story of Ruth and there's a guy in his synagogue in Israel uh, who would always study Torah and study Torah with a tune. And he was a guy kept himself, and Shimon decided he wanted to give this guy as a gift the book that he had written, you want to hear what this guy's opinion was about this book, and he gives a guy, this guy who's, who's learning Torah with a tune all day in the synagogue, he gives him this book, the book that he wrote on the story of, of Ruth. So the guy tells him, I want to tell you my story as a child of Ruth. 
His name, he said, my name is Yisrael David. I was born on the night of Shavuos, and I was named after the Baal Shem Tev. And my father, Mayor, was a very learned Jew, and he decided he wants to also name me Mayor and add the name Mayor to my, I'm sorry, add the name David to my name. It was David, the anniversary of David's passing is also on Shavuos. And my mother went to the hospital, and it was not an easy birth. Her life was in danger, and Baruch Hashem, I was born. I was the first boy that was born after six girls. And all of my uh, siblings really took turns taking care of me. They were all very excited to uh, have a baby brother. And, there was, and they all wanted this chus. They all wanted to be part of uh, that, that uh, rotation of taking care of me. I was, I was really spoiled. And I had two sisters who were very talented. One, my oldest sister, was very talented in, in, um, in drawing. She taught me how to draw and how to make pictures and how to make um, uh, sketches of people's faces. And my second oldest sister was a very talented musician, and she taught me how to play guitar. And when I turned 12 years old, since I was the center of attention of the family, immediately after my 12th birthday, the discussion began, what will my bar mitzvah be like? What should we do on my bar mitzvah? What song should we sing? What's, what speech should I give? What, where should we celebrate it? What should happen? What should we serve? So the, from every family meal, from my 12th birthday and on, was all about what will happen at Luli's Bar Mitzvah. They used to call me Luli. So my mother said to my father, Mayor, he says, Mayor, you remember when I went to the hospital, you were studying Gemara. What section of the Gemara were you studying? So he said, I was studying actually um, the, the, the very intricate subject, the, the subject in Gemara called Barpada, intracted in the Dharam on page 29a, a very intricate and detailed section of the Talmud. So my mother says, okay, that is what Luli will talk about at his bar mitzvah. And my dad said, that's a very hard subject. I don't think it's really meant for a 13-year-old to, to, uh, to, to share. And to learn about, it's really hard. My mother was very adamant, and she said, and that was, that was final, Luli was going to talk about Barpada and the tractate, and tractate Nidarim on his Mitzvah. That's what my mother said, and that was, that was what was accepted. And my father and I spent two hours every day studying Barpada, studying this, 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 this sugya, studying this, this section of the Talmud. It was very difficult, and I wanted to do other things. My mother and father encouraged me to learn, and I was a good student. And my father was a Talmud Chacham, and we enjoyed studying together, and we studied the whole year, Barpada, hours every day, and, and I asked questions, and I wrote down the questions and the answers, and from the questions and answers that I had on the subject, that's how my presentation of Torah was formulated, which I shared on my Bar Mitzvah, at a beautiful Bar Mitzvah. And uh, what happened was, was that after my Bar Mitzvah, my mother asked my father to continue studying with me the night of Shavuos in the home, not to go to Shul. She says, I need this once a year just to see you guys and learn Torah and learn the same subject that, 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 that Luli was born in when you were studying. I want, this, I want to see this. And every Shavuos night, we started this beautiful tradition where I would study with my father this section of the Talmud. My mother would serve us every half hour, cake and coffee. And we studied Torah all night, this, this section of the Talmud. And uh, I went to a uh, yeshiva, and I did very well in yeshiva. I was a good student. And, but in every yeshiva, 
um, there's bound there is bound to be someone who is not so pleasant, and this yeshiva was no no exception. One of the members of the faculty was a bit of a sadistical person, and he decided that his mission in life was to make my life miserable. And it was really not so easy to find fault in me because I was a really good student, but he tried and he was successful and he did not let me forget any of any failings or shortcomings that he perceived. Night of Shuas comes, and as I usually did, I went to my home and I studied Torah with my father, and I come to Yeshiva the next day, and this particular teacher is there and, he's, and he says to me, how come you weren't in Yeshiva? And I said I wasn't in Yeshiva because I was studying with my father, and the, he says, he's so angry, and he says, how dare you, every other student in the whole yeshiva was here except for you, and I just laughed at him. He got incensed by the arrogance, by the chutzpah, how dare I laugh at him, and he said, you will not, for, you will not forget this, and I will not forget this, you will pay for that. Now, in the yeshiva, I had taken a notebook, which I put into my locker, which I had written sketches of various people in the yeshiva and the faculty members. I didn't show this to anybody because I didn't want to, to uh, insult anybody who might, might be insulted, but I had this book of sketches. This rabbi, it's hard to believe people could be so cruel, but he did this. He gets up in front of all 150 boys in the yeshiva and he says that there's a boy who makes sketches in the yeshiva and he's writing, he's drawing, which is obviously bitol teira. It's obviously not something which is associated with Torah study, and it's horrible, and it's terrible, and it shows what kind of person this, this, this student is, how he may study Torah and may pray here and there, but he's obviously a charlatan and a faker, and everything he does is worthless. Going on and on, telling the class, the, all the yeshiva how terrible I am. I was mortified. I went home, and I... And I couldn't tell my mother, I just was so broken. And I went to my bed and I just cried into my pillow. My mother saw, Luli, what happened to you? What happened? I couldn't tell her. So she told my father. My father went to the yeshiva trying to figure out what happened to her, to his Luli. He found out what happened. And he was usually a very calm and collected kind of person. When he came home that day, he said to my mother, that, I heard, them, I heard my, him telling my mother what had happened. And he says that rabbi should burn in hell forever and he should die. He was so angry. And they tried to, to calm me down. They tried to tell me, you know, not every rabbi is like this. And this guy is, 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 was, was, was obviously has his own issues. But for me, yeshiva was over. It was done. I couldn't go back to that yeshiva. And I moved out of my house. This was, I was 17 years old. I moved out of my house. And I went to stay with some friends near the boardwalk of Tel Aviv. And because I was a talented artist and talented musician, I needed to earn some livelihood. So I went onto the boardwalk every day, and I would draw sketches of people for 10 shekel, and I put my hat out, people would give it whatever they wanted to give for my guitar playing. And that's how I supported myself. And that's what I did every single day. And my parents begged me to come home, but I just needed to go my own way, and, and I did. And I didn't come home at all. I would call my house twice a year, before Shoshona, before my birthday, before Shavuos. And every time I called, it was hard to speak to my father. My father wasn't against me, but he, he loved me. But it was hard for him to talk to somebody who just wasn't into learning. The only thing that he knew about was learning Torah study. So it was hard for him to talk to me 
because I wasn't into the same things that he was into. My mother, though, whenever time I, I called home, she would always say, Luli, I was ready to sacrifice my life to bring you into the world, and I will never give up on you. That's what she would say, and it was very heartwarming that she would say that, but I wish she would just leave me alone, because I was having a hard time enough as it is with my new identity, and I didn't want to have this guilt as well. Anyways, it so passed four years. I'm sitting on the boardwalk one day, and a guy comes by. He looks just like me, with long hair and a guitar, except that he has a kippah pinned into his hair. And uh, he comes over to me, and he says to me, Hi, how are you? How's it going? And I was a little flustered by this overture of friendship. And I said, do you want to buy a sketch? You want a sketch? I'll make a sketch of you. Ten shekel. And he says, I'm not so interested. I may get a sketch, but I'm more interested in the artist than I am of, of a sketch. What's your name? Tell me about yourself. So I said, my name is Yisrael David. I'm named after Baal Shem Tev and David HaMelech. And I was born on Shavuos. And that's why I got this name. And I don't have anything really spectacular to tell you. The guy says, he sits down next to me. He puts his guitar on my guitar. And he says, whatever you tell me is amazing. Whatever you want to share. And I don't know what happened. But something about the way he said this, I guess because he was so sincere, it broke down all of the walls that I, that I've been holding up, all these pent-up emotions just came tumbling down. And I started to share with him the, my whole life story, and when I was born, and Bar Pada, and the third Bar Mitzvah, and the Yeshiva, and being shamed, and all, I was sharing all of this with, this with this man. And I just let it all out. And the guy listens to the, my whole story, and he says to him, I want to tell you something. There are two kinds of Jews. There are Jews of the giving of the Torah, of, Mount, of Sinai, and there are Jews which are children of Rus. Children of Ruth. He says, Jews of Sinai are Jews who are born into Judaism. They're comfortable with their Judaism. They like their Judaism. And it goes well, for, and, and, and they do well at it. Jews of Ruth are Jews who are pushed aside. Jews who are challenged. And they don't feel so at home and so comfortable because they've been pushed away. The Jews of Sinai, can, their Torah cannot bring Mashiach. Only the Jews of Ruth can bring Mashiach. Is I want to tell you that I also am a child of Ruth, and I also had my I was also pushed away like you were, and like Ruth was, and like your other name, King David. David was also someone who was shunned and hated by his family, as King David writes in several Psalms, how he was hated by his family, how he was shunned by his family, and yet he didn't leave. People who are born into Judaism and enjoy their Judaism, they and Judaism flows for them. They're not able to really attain this level of authenticity and sincerity as someone who has been pushed away. Because when you're pushed away, you're given the chance to make a decision within yourself that you want to be part of this. That, that, that you make, may be able to, to summon that voice of your inner Ruth and say, this people is my people. Because you want, not because of any, any outside pressure. Someone who's born into it, they may keep Torah and mitzvahs because of the outside pressures, but you... And I have, are halfway there. We have this opportunity to be really genuine Jews, children of Ruth, because we've been pushed aside. I want to tell you, he says to me, the song I made when I decided to become a child of Ruth. And, I bec- and he sings a song on his guitar, and I sang with him. And the sun started to set, and he realized he had to go. 
And before he went, he said to me, the, t- the passage of the Talmud that you quoted before, in, in Tractate uh, Nedarim, page 29, talks about uh, the, the Kedusha, the holiness of various items. And Rav Amnuna makes a statement over there, Kedusha son heichen halach. I knew this, 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 this subject really, really well. In fact, even my mother could say the svara of the Ran in her sleep. She, could, she knew, she knew every, every, my whole family knew this, this, this subject very well. And he did too. And he says, Rav Amnuna says in this section of the Talmud, Kedusha son heichen halach. Where did their holiness go? So he tells me, this man, this guitar uh, uh, whole, uh, singing man tells me, Luli, I want to tell you, our holiness, the holiness of you and the holiness of I is still there. It's still intact. And in fact, our Torah, the Torah of the children of Ruth, can heal the world and bring Mashiach. The Torah of Sinai Jews doesn't have that ability. Only Torah of the children of Ruth can do this. You're, you and I are halfway there. It's up to you. Maybe you and I will study that section of the Talmud again. And with that, he leaves. And he made a real impression on me. This was in the spring. And a little while afterwards was the holiday of Shavuos. I called up my mother, as I would every year before Shavuos. And my mother says to me, Luli, maybe you'll come visit us. You don't have to stay for that long. Just come see us for your birthday. And I said, yeah, I think I will. And my mother thought I was making fun, like, like I was playing a joke. How long will you stay for? You don't have to stay as long as, as, long as you want. I said, I'll stay as long as you want me to stay. And really? You re- yes, I will come. I'll prepare the cake. I'll prepare the birthday party. I came home. And my father actually uh, got on the phone. And, and he, uh, before I came home, in that same conversation, said, I hear good news, my father said. I said, yes. I told my father, and I want to study with you that section of the Talmud. I have new insight in the words of Rabbi Amnuna. I came home, and we had a birthday party, and I stayed up with my father that night. We studied this, the tractate again of Msachta and the Dorim, page 29, the sugya of Rabbi Padar, Rabbi Amnuna. And the next morning, I went to the synagogue, since it's my bar mitzvah uh, Torah portion. So I, I, I was honored to read the Torah, and I was honored, as a customary in our synagogue, to read the story of Ruth, I read the story of Ruth when I got to the words, your people are my people. Your God is my God. I broke down. I broke down and I, and I, um, and I uh, shared, and, and, and he's, this man told Reb Shimon Reitkov, he says, I don't know if children of Ruth could bring Mashiach. I certainly do know that they could resurrect the dead. You can't imagine the kind of impression and the heartwarming gratification this gave my father and mother my return home. But the bottom line is, is that this is the call of the hour on the 12th day of Sivan. It's the time when Hashem gives us the ability to complement and to fix anything that was missing in our joy and our sincerity in the holiday of Shavuos, whatever is missing in our Torah study. And uh, it's a time to, uh, to bring the Kala home. You know, at a wedding, it's hard to, you know who the groom is. The groom is the one who wears, the bride is the one who wears the dress, but who is the groom? You can't tell who the groom is. The groom is the one who goes home with the bride at the end of the night. We all marry the Torah. Did we really marry the Torah? Did we take the Torah home with us? So today is a day, the 12th of seven, is the day we make good decisions to bring the Torah home. We're still on the mountain. We haven't left yet. So Hashem should help us all to make good decisions in adding in our joy, adding in our inspiration, and adding actually practically in our Torah study, which Torah brings light and life and joy to the world. 
to celebrate with Mashiach Tzakeinu tonight in Yerushalayim and Kedesh with Mashiach Tzakeinu in the Har Kedesh, the end of all suffering and all tragedies and all fear and all anxiety. L'chaim l'chaim evracha. Good vach and good b'suris. L'chaim. Any questions or comments? All right. Good vach.